Vibrations Podcast, Part 40, Martin Lever, recorded on the 22nd of March 2022. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman, and this is my podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moiwo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So, what's been happening at the shop recently? Put it simply, we've had a quiet month or so now. However, Hong Kong, as it always does, is weathering the storm, and that initial 50,000 cases of COVID per day is now reduced to around 3,000 cases. Today is Qingming Public Holiday, which is the Remembrance of Ancestors or Grave Sweeping Festival. And of course, in a couple of weeks, we have Easter. This usually makes for a busy moiwo as extended families get together. Studio 114 is now up and running. This purpose-built sound studio in my home on Lantau Island is now ready for business. Many thanks to Steve Walsh and my wife Steph for helping to make the sound studio a reality. This part of the podcast is being recorded in here, and going forward it can be used for any type of voice recording. Maybe your podcast or audiobook. Producing audiobooks is a resource-intensive project, but going forward I will be happy to produce more as part of a widening vibe service. On Saturday, the 30th of April, we plan to have Steve Bernstein back at the shop for a gig. Steve plays mandolin and vocals in the cover band Stacks. The music is a mix of Americana blues, folk and rock from The Grateful Dead, Fish, Bob Dylan, The Band and others. On Saturday the 21st of May is our fourth anniversary and we're currently lining up some great musical talent to celebrate either virtually or in real life at Vibe. Additionally, we plan to have a reorganised Vibe shop and DJ recording decks installed for the fourth anniversary weekend. So, fingers crossed. And so, to this week's interview with Lantau-based artist Martin Lever. Award-winning Hong Kong artist Martin Lever, Chinese name Li Hua, has lived, studied and worked in Hong Kong on and off for nearly 40 years now. One of the biggest inspirations in his life is the unique city he calls home. His contemporary artwork has been exhibited in a number of solo shows in Hong Kong, the UK and the Middle East. His work adorns the walls of private collectors and commissioned pieces hang in corporate lobbies from Wheelock and Wharf to the McKinsey Corporation to Patton Boggs Law. His approach to painting is refreshingly simple. He closes his eyes, then paints what he sees. Using striking contrasts of colour and light-hearted observational touches, he creates powerful abstract and pop art impressionist images that celebrate the world around us through a new lens. Beyond art, his creative work has been recognised around the world with countless advertising industry awards. And his acclaimed series of children's books, The Bogey Bugs, is helping fuel young imaginations. His awards include Grand Prix Golds, Silvers and Bronzes at a range of local, regional and international creativity festivals and shows, including Hong Kong Cam Fan, Best in Show 2017, Cannes Festival of Creativity, New York Festivals, London International Awards, DNAD Awards. Welcome to Vibe, Martin. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. As we do, we'll start off with the 10 questions. What's your favourite book or author? Favourite book, yeah. I mean, sat here surrounded by books, puts in context how difficult it is for me to actually name a favourite book or a favourite author. You know, I, I enjoy all sorts of types of books. I'm, I'm a big fan of history. I like reading historical books, historical novels, biographies, trashy airport novels sometimes. Well, I don't know if John Grisham falls into trashy airport novel, but I only ever seem to buy his books say in so. airport. <laughs> yeah. but, but I do enjoy his books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, I normally have at least half a dozen books on the go at any yeah. one time. Okay, and I'll, and I'll read in bed at night. And... Uh, that can get very confusing sometimes because I kind of mix up the plots of my books and wonder where a character's gone. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so just to yeah. give you an insight, at the moment, on my bedside table, I've got a great biography of Churchill by Andrew Roberts. George Orwell's 1984, which I've not read since 1984, I don't Yeah, think, I haven't either. Which I've plucked out yeah. recently. Great uh, story about the jam, written by Bruce Foxton and Rick Buckler. 
because Paul Weller's a big sort of hero of mine, I guess. And mine, uh, yeah. But not so much Buckler and Foxton, but yeah. the jam were great. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. the story of the jam through their eyes is is very one-sided. Is it? <laughs> not very complimentary <laughs> to Paul Weller. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite interesting. It was his way or the highway, it wasn't was it? It was his way or the highway, absolutely. Yeah. A really interesting sort of historical anecdotal book called um, Destination Shanghai that I think... Paul French? Bought, bought in this shop, yes. Yes, you did. Um, uh, and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's just a wonderful collection of, of, of odd madcap stories from, yeah. from Shanghai between the wars, I think, it or is. pre-war, yeah, pre-both absolutely. wars. There's a, a writer called Carl Hyerson. I don't know if you've heard of him. The, the, the one phrase that was attributed to him that kind of sums him up. He could choreograph Armageddon. <laughs> I like <laughs> and, it. And he's a, a, cool. an American writer, um, and most of his stories are set in Florida, and they are comedy stories. Um, I think a couple yeah. of them have been turned into books, but things like Sick Puppy and uh, Native Tongue, um, and they are very madcap uh, nice. sort of adventures. They're, they're, they're good fun books. Yeah, um, that would appeal to me, I think, as and well. And I've also got... One of my daughter's famous five books by the side of my bed as Brilliant. well, which I picked yeah. up before I had go. I think it was Five Go to Treasure Island, or um, which, which, yeah, you know, I'd read in an evening, and and that was that was a fun bit of escapism as well. But if you come <laughs> back to your original question, you know, a book yeah. that I'm emotionally connected to, or that I've read more often than any other book, would probably have to be. The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle. Okay, which yes. Which is a yeah. very famous kids' book. Yeah, very popular in here, most actually. people have heard of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Visually stunning as well. It is. Um, and just a simple little kids that I've obviously read to Remy when she was little numerous times. And obviously we've got to plug my own book written, well, written I was with say, Remy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say that is obvious now to me where you got the inspiration from. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, it for was, the bogeys. That, that's books. right, the bogey bug. So so I I've, I think there's some in here. I think it might be the there only is. children's book you've never sold, actually. It is as well, yeah. <laughs> no, I've sold one, Martin. <laughs> so when Remy was uh, three, four, we used to make up stories um, at bedtime. Nice. And, and we made up these characters called the Bogey Bugs together, and, and and ended up shaping them into five characters, who were sort of environmental crusaders, here yeah. to save the world from a whole world, a whole, yeah. a whole sort of uh, litany of disasters. Um, and and I wrote eight stories in two little box sets. Um, yeah. So they, uh, yeah, I, I'm quite fond of those as well. Yeah, naturally, and I think they're very well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and so you should be. I think they're very well presented. And and actually, I do mean to get round to reading them, and I and I will before. So you haven't read them yet. Well, you know, I could like, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on to question two. Favorite musical artist? Yeah, music. Um, same thing as books, I guess. I've never really hero worshipped any one performer yeah. or band. I, I, again, my my taste in music are, are pretty eclectic. Being from Liverpool originally, uh, you know the Beatles have a, a, a yeah a, resonance. No, never far from my heart. I was into indie bands, you know, uh, in the in the early mid '80s, I guess, from Joy Division, The Smiths, uh, oh. Echo and the Bunnymen, oh. and the Jam. <laughs> yes, um, getting into the world of clubbing and dance music in the late 80s yeah. and 90s a lot yeah. of that music I, I i gravitate to northern soul um a lot of the music i like i guess has been connected to a movement or a subculture in some yeah. way rather than just one band there's one album that i've probably gone back to once a week for yeah. 40 years yes which is the specials first album i knew you were gonna say that. that band i think above all else yeah. just just uh, I connect with on on so many different levels. Yes, um, you know from from musically that 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 rebirth of Scar with a sort of punk yeah. twist. Yeah, um, it was the first time I'd ever seen a band at the age of ten or eleven. Wow, yeah. um, that had black and white guys in the same band. Brilliant. I just yes. felt that's how it should be. It, and, and, and me and too. It really struck me as something yeah. different. Yes. Yeah, um, and then the clothes that wear, the Stay Press, the Fred Perrys, as yes. they say, a mod is for life, not just for Christmas, right? <laughs> I like it. That's good. Yeah, and if it ain't stiff, it ain't worth it. Uh, right, let's go. move on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a preferred drink? Uh, Jade and Coke. Do you have a life motto? Life motto. 
Um, yeah, I, I saw this question you'd, you'd, you'd asked in preparation for this, which I didn't give much thought to. Um, no, no one does, Martin. No, no one does. That's the <laughs> that's the respect I garner. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a phrase that I came across, um, a Che Guevara phrase, Spanish, um, understandably, uh, which is "La fiesta no es para los feos," okay. and it means the party is not for the ugly ones. <laughs> and it just struck a chord with me. And, yeah. and it was obviously a political statement. You know, the yeah. Communist Party is not for the ugly capitalists. Right. But I kind of found, particularly when I was working in advertising or, or socialising, that you could apply that statement yeah. to almost anything. I like that. And the ugly ones being the greedy, the arrogant, the yeah. ignorant, the, the, yeah. the egotistical, yeah. you know, the party being whatever you want to do to be, in life, yeah, you yeah. Know? so I kind of so there it is tattooed on my arm oh wow so I guess that is my life motto if you like okay I like that yeah I like the right I'm going to steal that as soon as you leave Hong You'll Kong you have to learn it do you have a favourite Hong Kong walk um, oh god some, some people say from here to the China Bear but you know I think that's a <laughs> but no, I know you live in Poyo that so wouldn't be one of them um Favorite Hong Kong walk? I mean, obviously, there's you know hiking so popular here, isn't it? People, yeah. People, uh, so many great trails, and we're so lucky here to be, you know, living in an urban jungle. This is incredible city. Look, but, if you don't walk, Martin, just say. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tend to ride. Yeah, Sorry. I tend to ride my bike more than walk. Um, walking for me, I I yeah. think I probably enjoy urban walking. Yeah. More, more than yeah, country actually. walking, although I like walking in the countryside too. Yeah. Uh, but if I had a favourite walk, and I did it, time has become such a bit of a warp, hasn't it, in the last couple of years? It really has, It yeah. must be over a year ago, I dropped my motorbike off in Prince Edward in Mongkok. Okay. And then I'd gone down to the gym in Chimpsey in Canton Road. Right. And then walked from Canton Road back to yeah. Prince Edward. Yes. All the way up Nathan Road, yeah. uh, Jordan, Austin, and then onto Boundary Temple Road, Street. Yeah, Temple all Shanghai Street, Temple yeah. Street. Yeah. All the way along Temple Street um, and Fai Yun Street. And it yeah. was quite early in the morning, so it was relatively quiet. Yeah. And yeah. just the diversity yes. of, of, of urban stuff. Yes. <laughs> For yeah. want of a better word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just find fascinating every single time yeah you know, hong kong back streets for me are, yeah are, are, are unparalleled me too I, I think i fell in love with that side of hong kong first actually most people would come here and fall in love with i don't know you know the skyline or the 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 victoria harbor or you know ocean park but that was th that urbanness of sham shui po and mong kok and temple yeah, street I, I, the market it's just so colorful isn't it yeah and i think it's the it, and a hive of it's industry the old school land use that you probably used to get in the Western world, you know, a few centuries ago, where yeah. you walk down a street and you've got a cobbler, you've got somebody bashing out some metal, metal yeah. ware, you've got somebody carving something, yes. you've got a, a boutique, you've got a, a, a little backstreet dentist, yeah. you know, you which, really which, have. you know, it's just, just hairdressers in a little sort of line in an alleyway, all you know. within, you know, a hundred yards of each other, yeah, and, and obviously, uh, all very old school and and and. Um, you know, those are the kind of scenes that are fast disappearing in Hong Kong, aren't they? You know, yeah, as, as, they as places sadly get are. More, and more gentrified. Yeah, but that really is a microcosm of Hong Kong life, isn't it? Real life. I mean, I remember, you know, when we first got here in 1979 and we were staying in the Lee Gardens Hotel, which is now the Lee Gardens Manulife building in Causeway yes. Bay. And the whole of Causeway Bay was just like that. It was little stationary shops and everything was family owned. Yeah, and now wow. it's all gone. It's all just big, faceless yeah, boutiques. Yeah. And, and at some point, it'll all disappear, which will be yeah. a real tragedy. You know? Yeah. Do you have a Hong Kong, a favorite Hong Kong restaurant? It'll be cheap, um, yeah. for sure, because uh, I like value for money. Um, my books are value for money. Is yeah, it? is that a, is that a northern thing? Is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just inherently miserable. Um, Morrissey. <laughs> there's a oh my god, what's it called? An old school Shanghainese uh, family-run restaurant, but the Ooh. cuisine is not Shanghainese, and it is off High San Avenue 
in Causeway Bay. Okay. And it's been in Hong Kong since the 40s. Wow. Um, uh, and it's been in that location since the 60s, I think. Right. And it's just, it's, it's the old school booths. Yeah, yeah. And the I menu is, is, is some Chinese flavoured Western uh, yes. you know, lamb chops and yeah. things like that, <laughs> snails, but yeah. also loads of like um, ho fun noodles with beef and black pepper and okay. lots yeah. of old school stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's cheap as chips and I love it. I love the atmosphere. It's got okay. loads of old photographs in there. Yeah. And I must come back to you with a little... Uh, uh, what do they call it? A, a post post dated comment of what the actual yeah. restaurant is called. Yeah, well, we can find it out. Yeah, but also, um, you know, outdoor dining, uh, the, the the sort of cha cha tangs. Yeah, um, yeah. Chung chow, bit of seafood on the front. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather have that kind of experience than 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 your sort of more upmarket restaurants. Not because I don't like smart restaurants but you just I, I just feel a lot of them are lacking in any character and i agree and, yeah and, and and quite often just just horribly overpriced for what you yeah get. faced with a python whilst <laughs> walking up to the peak what would you do retreat yes at pace <laughs> yeah that means you're normal you've passed the normal test <laughs> <laughs> yeah. question eight is what was the best advice you were ever given i think my mum bless her who's no longer with us you know I was very lucky mum and dad uh, taught me so many things in, in subtle ways that probably didn't realize were lessons at the time but two things that they gave me one was moving to Hong Kong in the first place yeah um, and your blinkers come off when you leave wherever you're from originally especially yeah. moving to a city like Hong Kong and being able to go into the ESF school system, I think when I was at Ireland school, there were 37 different nationalities wow. and every colour, creed, <laughs> race, religion under the sun. Unbelievable. And it was none of it was ever an issue. So that gift, yes. gift of diversity. Yes. It's not advice as such, but 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 that to me, I think has has made me who I am and and, and, and is something I've, I've treasured. Yes. In terms of verbal advice, I, I think it's probably as simple as mum drumming into me to always say please and thank you when I yeah. went anywhere. And they did, didn't they, in that uh, generation? They did indeed, yeah. and I yeah. see kids today, you know, and, and adults today not saying please or thank you when they're in a restaurant or when somebody yeah. brings them something, and it just it winds it me jars, up. I just doesn't think it? it's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, finish this sentence, I live in Hong Kong because... I live in Hong Kong because I love it. Yeah. Um... I first came to Hong Kong, it was nothing to do with me. Um, Mum and Dad moved here in January 79. So Dad wow. was a surveyor, he got a job, he was working in Ellesmere Port uh, on the Wirral um, right. in Liverpool and uh, I think they were itching for an adventure of some kind Yeah, and and came across an advert to work for the Hong Kong government in, in, in the, I think he was in the building uh, housing department um not originally but, but ended yeah. up in the housing authority um so yeah so 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 i came at the age of nine with them so i didn't have any choice really brilliant and i think i hated it to begin with really yeah and i'll tell you why so we were living yeah. as i mentioned in, in causeway bay in a hotel before we got our, our our apartment and if you imagine the only smell i'd ever been aware of outside the house was the smell of cut grass yeah, the, the, the oh, grass yeah, verges, the, the garden, you yeah, know, oh, it was just yes. it was flowers and grass, that yeah, was probably yeah, it. And the old yeah. bit of petrol as a car. <laughs> yes, yeah, a bit of tarmac maybe. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly yeah. to be in the middle of Causeway yeah. Bay and, yeah. and the sensory overload, yeah. and, I, and I just, I think, was just blown away. And, yeah. And was like, it was Spooked. so alien. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then until, obviously, you know, like all kids, you've left all your friends and until you make new friends everything seems rubbish and then suddenly yeah, you've got yeah. new mates and it's all forgotten it's all but yeah yeah so um yeah so that's what brought brought me here for the first time wow and then mum and dad so they came for two and a half years um on contract terms yes um and then as dad used to say it take, takes two years to really set up you know yeah and then, and then you're at the end of a contract so yeah. he was offered another one and and then that turned into them being here for nearly 20 years um <laughs> brilliant and then uh yeah so i've been here now on and off i, I did live away from university and whatnot 
Yeah. Um, but on and off, I've been here for 43 years now. Yeah. Brilliant. So it's yeah. very much Fantastic. home. Fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of Chinese yeah. on the inside, Guaylo on the outside. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> that's not a banana then, is it? Yeah, no, that, that's what, the opposite to a banana. That's a, uh, yeah, what's that? That's a white-skinned banana. White-skinned banana, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, probably, <laughs> something like that. But I think how brilliant, how fantastic. Great to live your life here, I think. It's... But it's funny, isn't it? You know, we obviously yourself and we both know mm. lots of people who've been here for all sorts of different lengths yeah. of time. But Hong Kong seems to grab people instantly. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. they just don't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to work. Marmite, yeah, it? yeah. It know? is Marmite. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you went through the system. Did you learn Cantonese or. Yeah, we did anything? do. Um, so, Sikong Siu Siu Guanggangwa. Right. Tong Mei Ying Man. Yeah, I don't mind if you do. Yeah, you which know. means I speak a little bit of Chinese and English. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I understand more than I can actually speak i found it I, yes. I, I studied it for a year at school that was compulsory yeah which didn't go very deep but no. then i did later uh, when i was working I, I did take some cantonese lessons but i just i i'm a the english are very la lazy we are learning languages because yes. everywhere you go people yeah. speak english so it's, it's not 100 yeah. percent our fault <laughs> no no it's, um, it's genetic I it's think. genetic yeah and and b i just didn't have a, a, a particular Ponchamp for learning languages, and I, I yeah. found it very difficult to differentiate all the different tones. Yes, yes. so I, I gave up. Um, but I, yeah. I understand a conversation or get the gist of it. That's good, but that can't is, actually yeah. join in yeah. more than in a pigeon kind of way. Yeah, and so then you sort of got to the age of 16, 18. Then, then you went to university in the UK. Eighteen, went to you? university back in UK. Didn't yeah. have, um, I mean, my daughter's at uni now, and you look at the some of the sort of careers advice and, and guidance they get when they're doing their O levels and and IB. Um, I wasn't aware of any of that. Maybe I spent too much time playing football and cricket and messing around. Mm, good lad. I never went in the <laughs> careers office and didn't no, even know there it, was one. It wasn't a thing when I was growing um, up. Yeah. So I went to study history at university because I liked history. Didn't yes, think about the, the vocational or what comes after university. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't qualify me to do anything other than teach history. And I didn't want to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and then fell into advertising and, and, and uh, as, a, as a junior writer in, in, in UK. So I went to university in UK, back to Liverpool, worked in a, a, for a company that owned a whole load of nightclubs mm. um, and actually first started working in the clubs, became licensee of a, a venue called Nation in Liverpool, which is where a big dance night called okay. Cream started. Okay, yeah. Um, so that was that was... That was a great three or four years. Yeah. Uh, in Clubland. Yeah, I um, bet. Bit yeah. dangerous. Um, yes, bit very dangerous. In many respects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably in all respects. Uh, actually. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then I and in doing that, I'd done a lot of sort of promotional work and marketing for, for, yeah. for the clubs. Yeah. So then I decided to come back to Hong Kong in '94, I think. Right. And got got a job in 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 a, in a real advertising agency. So I used, I guess, a bit of that experience. So yeah. I kind of fell into advertising. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it just shows you, doesn't it, the pull the pull of Hong Kong. Then you, you you were educated here, you then flipped back into the UK, and you could have quite easily stayed in the UK then after that and lived your life. Could have stayed. Yeah, um, but you were no, I'm getting the, back there at some point. And it's funny, you know, when you mention that, I, I look at a lot of my contemporaries um, at Ireland School here, and a huge percentage of them. Yeah ended up back here as well and i really? think when, when it's in yes. your blood yes. you don't get rid of it yeah right? and, yeah and, and they'd all taken different paths not all of them came back but but a, but a, but a quite a dramatic percentage yeah, came back to hong kong yes. either for a short period of time or are still here yeah yeah so i guess you know yeah it's 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 a tough town to get out of out of your system yeah and why would you want to so that brings us to the last question i think um on this section which is what's your favorite area of hong kong favorite area uh, I, I think you'd have to go back to my answer about favorite book and favorite favorite artist really it's very difficult yes. to, to to pinpoint because there are so many different experiences to be had You've within, had within lot, 20 you? square miles yes yeah know? there is isn't there from, from, we were talking about the back streets and and be that you know the 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 the, the steep streets around 
Sying Poon, First Street, Second Street, and, yes. all, and all the interest that, that, that oh, yeah, comes yeah. with that. Some of the countryside walks. Uh, I'll tell you one place we used to go a lot of a weekend was at the drive out to Sheko. Um, oh, yeah. We yeah. had an old yeah. Peugeot. 306 I think when the top came down nice. and my daughter was young we'd have uh, one of a number of tracks on the stereo and 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 drive out to Sheko on a Saturday morning yeah um you know early and, and it was just one of those spectacular drives you yeah. can imagine and then and then have some seafood in in one of the little restaurants on the roundabout there yeah um Lantau I would say because we're we're sadly going to be leaving Hong Kong soon um and we've been saying in some ways of course we'll miss Hong Kong but we might even miss Lantau more than we miss Hong Kong yeah so moving yeah. out to Lantau seven years ago I think yeah. it's been one of the best moves we've ever made it's just it's a gift that keeps on giving yeah you know yeah it's, it's funny isn't it so close to town that's yeah. no hardship lovely community first time we've ever really had neighbors in all my yeah. years of Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah and 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 visually you know it's it's paradise you think of the beaches and the hills and yeah and, and it's a, it's a it's a fantastic place Lantau so I don't know if I've got a favorite area of yeah. Hong Kong it's always changing so much as well I mean Andy Tatu you know yes good mate of mine we went out for a bike ride um, a couple of weeks ago and went through the Chinmun Tunnel, a new tunnel, and out to Sekong, the old army base in Sekong, the Kam Tin Walled Village, and then over oh, the top wow. to the old Shingmun uh, Redoubt, the, the, uh, uh, by the reservoir where some of the old military fortifications yeah, were, and then over the back to Sai Kung. And in doing that, you know, it takes me back to the early 80s when there was nothing there. It was all market gardens. Yeah. Hong Kong is constantly changing. So, yeah. so my favourite place might not even exist anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's I not see, just a favourite geography. Yeah. It might be a favourite yeah. point in time. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. It could well be a, a block of flats now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you know, 20 square miles, you know, but in fact... You can still find places that will surprise you, even, I bet you can, after Always. 40 years in Hong Kong. Always. Yeah. Always. Um, yeah, some things are gone, some things are new that come, you know, it's, it's, I think that's one of the only constants in Hong Kong, isn't it? How dramatically it constantly yeah. changes. As, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a place, so when um, so was, Dad was involved in cricket here, as, as I was um, uh, as well, and he used to play for a team called Little Sai One. Okay. who were set up by the uh, uh, there used to be a, a China listening station part of GCHQ yeah. that was out uh, in in Saiwan Ho beyond, yes. beyond Chai Wan and they had aerial house there so it was it was semi-military and they had playing fields and little Saiwan the original team were some of the guys who worked there yeah sort of a few Aussies and Kiwis and uh, and Brits and, and whatnot, um, some Indians, uh, and, mm. and, and he used to play for them. And their ground was fantastic. It was out, uh, Ariel House was, was the old colonial sort of building. There was a swimming pool. So when I was 12, 13, <laughs> you know, I'd go along when Dad was playing. Yeah. And get our dinghy out and row out into the bay Brilliant. while they were playing cricket. And I think now there's about yeah. 250,000 people live on that Yeah, yeah there day. is. <laughs> <laughs> In about 20 massive oh, high-rise. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable to think about, isn't it? You find yourself back in Hong Kong. It's around, what, 1998? You've sort of graduated, you've done some bit of clubbing stuff, you've done your marketing career, and you're now well, doing not, an advertising job. In yeah, so 94 came back after, after, after okay. seven years away, uh, yeah. uni and whatnot, and, and I guess started working in earnest in advertising then, and uh, worked for companies like McCann and TBWA yeah I enjoyed that and yeah. I did that for, for you know experience. over 20 years and, and, and that took us to the Middle East for, for, for six and a half years to set up a, an agency in Abu Dhabi okay. which I'd, I'd, I'd heard of but couldn't have told you where it was at right. the time <laughs> um, which is the capital of the UAE yeah um, and that was an interesting experience which put Hong Kong into context for us and it was it was good to just spend a bit of time away again and then we yeah. came back after yeah. that so yeah. I moved to Hong Kong three times for a I third think. time <laughs> for a third yeah, time. yeah 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 um, yeah you got it bad haven't you <laughs> I, I have yeah. yes um, but uh, so, so, so during the advertising obviously a creative industry creative career 
Um, uh, pretty stressful, pretty cutthroat, um, a variety of different clients. So you never really yeah. own an idea. It's always got the arms and legs pulled off it, yeah. etc. Yeah. And I guess as 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 a way of therapy, I I had been threatening to do some painting, and and it was actually when my mum passed away. My wife had bought me an easel for my birthday um, in 99 and my mum had passed away a week earlier and, and the two things sort of coincided and I ended yeah. up just, just throwing art on, on uh, sorry, yeah. throwing paint on canvas mm. and it, I guess it was in some way a bit of therapy um, at the time. Yeah, um, certainly I think. And, and spent a lot of time just, just messing around until I sort of found a bit of a style and a subject and then that kind of I guess was the catalyst to what is now my full-time career which is painting. Yeah so you kind of sort of stumbled in it I mean had you had any formal training before then? No or? no I'd done uh, I'd done A-level uh, art um, that was as far as it went I, I yeah. you know in hindsight if I had my time again I would have paid a bit more attention to where I was going with my education <laughs> and chosen to study tertiary level yeah. some creative be that design or, or architecture or something because obviously I feel that I'm a creative individual but, yeah. but the, the path has not been particularly linear to get to where I am now yeah. so to speak. So you start painting and then at what point do you think actually there's a career in this or maybe I could sell these things or or do you think that or do people tell you actually that's not bad Martin you know why don't you try and sell yeah, it? Yeah I don't think I, I ever undertook to start painting to make money and, and I think that's the same with mm. most creative pursuits you you do it because it's what you are Great. you do it because you yeah. have a passion for it yes if you're fortunate enough to yeah the money is turn right. that into yeah. money at some point then, yeah. then you're in a very 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 small and very fortunate, yeah, fortunate. percentage yeah um, so I do it because I love it I, I guess in in putting together my first sort of collection for my first show uh, which was back in 2003 or four I obviously stopped and 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 went well there's got to be a theme to this there's got to be something that people may find yeah appealing yeah. or attractive yeah. it's not all about me yes um and i guess that was my advertising influence yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah there's a point um, to this yeah so that was a, a collection called street and it was all sorts of working class heroes it was the the tram driver the the trolley man the the, ah. you know, the dim sum trolley lady so all that these sounds appealing the bamboo scaffolder yeah all very sort of abstract sort of two-dimensional portraits yes and and that was very popular uh and 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 obviously those characters resonated with people it was all very bright and colorful in a pop yeah, kind of style resonate with me. and i guess that was my starting point where i went well you know hong kong is my muse yeah you know how can muse. i start to celebrate hong kong in a way that people haven't seen before so that's yes. all i've been trying to do for the last 20 time. odd years yeah your medium is it it's holy um oils is it or no i acrylics? i uh, to mainly painting um i'd love to get into sculpture and all sorts of different yeah. mediums perhaps one day but but uh, I, I paint um, yeah. and I tend to use uh, a variety of different mediums but mainly acrylic uh, yeah. paints I do use oil oil is tricky in Hong Kong because it takes a lot longer to dry uh, um, okay humidity uh, and all for that. eight months of the year yeah humidity yeah so I don't do thick oil paintings that would take months and months right. to dry, but I use a bit of oil in my work uh, and a lot of different sort of mediums as well. Like like uh, you can get different gels, different textured mediums yes. that, that you, you basically mm -hmm. apply to the canvas with a knife. Um, and 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 I guess in playing around, I, I developed a style that I guess has become a bit of a signature, which is. Um, apply a, a pumice gel medium yeah and then i will etch in my sort of illustration if you like with a chopstick ah, okay so it's just the right thickness right and then those lines that you it then dries like concrete so yes you've kind of got your base layer yeah and then yeah. i'll build up layers of paint on top of that okay which, uh, i don't 
use that technique for all of my work, but but yeah. that's kind of become a signature yeah. sort of yeah. technique through through a lot of what I've done. Yeah, which just like felt that. different, yeah. looked different, yeah. and and people seem yeah. to have people resonated with it. Yeah. So and and I've you know sort of reading your bio, you've you've done quite a few exhibitions over the last what 10, 15 years, I suppose, uh, dotted around Hong Kong. Yes, I think there's been uh, and, and and the Middle East as well. There's probably been about four or five six solo shows yeah which, which obviously take a lot of work in terms of the the collection itself and then the yeah. the, the, the organizing the play uh, the marketing etc and and in between those i've i've exhibited quite a few times at uh group shows like the affordable art fair the oh, yeah. asia contemporary art show yeah um, yeah. And various other group exhibitions, yeah. Which has been, you know, for the last two years, as as uh, what's another of the things that's been so sad. Just not had the opportunity to show yeah. my work uh, along problem, with so many other artists. Here, yeah, you know? and it's not the sort of thing that translates necessarily well to internet and screen. Based event sort of... organizers, event owners, they've tried, you know, yeah. to bring the experience online and have online sales and. And I think there's a lot of products in the world that you can buy happily off yeah. Amazon without having yeah. seen it or touched it or felt it. Yeah. But when it comes to art, I don't think I would buy a piece of artwork without seeing it. On the scene, Unless yeah. it was yeah. a very famous piece of art that was purely yeah. an investment. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of not in that bracket anyway, so no. I don't need to worry about that. No, exactly. <laughs> and it seems to me that you, you generally go sort of into themes you know you'll you'll sort of come up with some ideas you'll do a, a series of paintings based on that and then you'll push those out there is is that the sort of thinking behind what you do or? yes yeah very much so so again i guess uh, certainly no innovation to develop a a, a themed collection of paintings no, no but but i guess if you add that to the professional world i'd sort of been part of for 20 odd years in advertising as well and you think about a campaign yeah you think about a core idea yeah and and what i've tried very hard with my collections is to actually have some kind of core thought behind it as well as the visual aesthetic that perhaps can connect with people on more than one level so for yes. example the uh, a collection that, that is still going, I've done a lot of commissions um, in this theme, is called Above Below. And uh, Above Below is basically a series of groundscapes. So when you look down from, from, from you know, the 20th floor of a block of flats in Hong Kong, yeah. uh, Hong Kong takes on a very different graphic sort of yes. visual identity. Yeah. So uh, this collection, the idea came to me long before drones existed. Um, and I, I started painting key sort of locations in Hong Kong that meant something to me, but in a very yeah. abstract way. Um, so first and foremost, when you see the work, it, it, it's colorful, it's abstract, but then when yeah. you realize actually what it is yeah. as yes. well, it, yeah. it, it connects with people on another level. It's, yeah, and, and I think that, that kind of sort of dual aspect, if you like, is yeah. the reason why a lot of people have gone, oh, well, I, I used to live here, or this was my favorite place. Yeah, could, yeah. Could you do people one relate for me? to so it. So it's been a very yeah. commissionable idea. Yeah, yeah. Sense. And in doing that, I mean, I guess you're having to work from photos Photographs, are you? Yeah, yeah, you just use. Uh, well, the, the the original starting point was just from memory, you know, and, and and depending on how how high above the ground I am in my sort of context. Yeah. So I, I, I did Repulse Bay, and it was basically just a collection of towels. So it yes. could have been any beach in the world, but yeah. for me it was Repulse Bay. Yeah, so, yes. You know, you wouldn't know them as towels until you realise they were towels. So, yeah. But for, for the commissions, um, obviously... Uh, so I've, I've recently done one of the whole sort of Western prior Kennedy Town, whether there's the uh, park and the new swimming pool and, yes. and and the cranes, the loading docks. So that's that obviously needs quite a high vantage point to be able to see that whole yes. locale. And I will start with sort of Google Earth, um, okay. see what the key sort of land that's uses are, and yeah. then I will obviously it's not a map I'm, I'm painting. I, yes. I will then try yeah. and give it a more of an artistic interpretation to give it a yeah. bit more balance and a bit more yeah. contrast. Yeah. Um, so that's the process. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I quite liked. I think I told you the series that you did recently of the, of the um, Chinese women. Uh, yeah, the Sisterhood of Silk. The sis. That's right. The sisterhood, sisterhood of Silk. Of Silk. I, I, I like those. The um, yeah, they they well I, I 
I'd started with portraits all those years ago, very abstract sort of street character portraits, and and I guess I, I wanted to do something, and I, I I think I was kind of inspired by what my daughter was doing with some of her costume design uh, okay. courses. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do some collage and I hit on this idea of, 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 of girls in Chung Sam's, but very much pop yeah. art. So the, so the yes. hair, hairstyles are very contemporary. Yes. Um, uh, but the actual dresses they're wearing are collage silk brocade from yeah. Chung Po. So yeah. I guess it was a marriage of oh, all sorts of influences. The yes. wa- you know, walking the back streets, yeah. some of the, yeah. the, the, the kind of businesses you'd find yeah. in those back streets. Yeah. How can that go into your art? So, so it became... A bit of one car wide, maybe, even. Well, you know, with well the yes, yeah, yeah, the some of these... Um, what was his movie? Uh, uh, in, in the, the Mood, mood for, for Love. love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that the even more later one after that was the uh, superheroes having their lunch yeah i don't know where that came from <laughs> it's good it works. it works super noodles super noodles um yeah batman iron man and uh who was the other one spider-man spider-man eating yes. noodles you know because i i guess you know uh, i don't even think more pop art really some though. of the can i say crap Yes, some you can the, say crap. Some yeah, of the crap we've all like. had to deal with over the last two years. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you think, okay, if a superhero came in, could could he actually or she actually yeah. solve the problem? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or would she or he just get down stuck, with the stuck rest into of us. a bowl of noodles? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That 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 theme. I think. I mean, it's amazing how you know, obviously popular because of the superhero angle and the. The sort of very quirky nature of a super hol- uh, superhero. Yeah, you got the mums and the kids in there. No? Um, that's 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 been very popular, and I can I can see myself a- applying that to a whole series of characters. Yeah. Um, from history or what it doesn't have to be yes. superheroes. Yeah. You know, there's something very graphic uh, just yeah. about the construct of the silhouette. Um, the hand holding the bowl, yeah, the good. bowl being iconically Hong Kong. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, they're fun, aren't they? They're yeah. Fun. I mean, overall, how would you say Martin Lever's persona is in your art in terms of the mood? Would you say your your art is up? Is it down? Is it depending on your own personal state of mind at the time? I... I try to Hitchcock had a great expression which was surprised with the obvious yes um, that he applied yeah. to a lot of his uh, yeah. uh, movie making and, 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 and I like that I, I think the best ideas in life are simple yeah with a twist yeah yeah um, yeah and, and that's kind of what I tried to do you know look at the world around us the things we all know so well but try and express them in a way that we've not thought or seen before and I guess invariably that ends up bringing a little bit of humour yeah, into yeah, play. Yeah. So whether it's just playful or colourful or, or there's a humorous twist, um, you know, my art influences are pretty varied as well, but pop art, Picasso I like. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I love illustrative art. Um, yeah. I like Lichtenstein. Yeah, um, pop art stuff, I love it. Uh, so I... I uh, yeah, I, I... I mean, there's probably different moods within what I do. Uh, the moodiest work I've ever done was probably, uh, you mentioned it earlier, yes. before we started yes. talking, was, yep. was the Room 202 project. Room 202, yeah. So that came about a year and a half ago when my wife and I, Max, when we returned from UK to, to set our daughter up at uni and yeah. suddenly found ourselves having to go into hotel quarantine for the first time. So yeah. we just brought that in. Yeah. And... The injustice I felt at not yeah. being able to go home really started to eat, being eat in, me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at my own expense as I well. I can tell. <laughs> we can all tell. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, I hit on a thought, and and I guess you know, okay, can I can I kind of channel my my frustration into something positive? Yeah. Um, and the fact that I couldn't go home kind of put into context well it could be worse at least i've got a home to go to yeah yeah and i i thought hang on there could be a bit of a charity project here um uh, and i teamed up with hong kong impact hk who's a homeless charity yeah very and, I, and I had this idea to document um my 14 day stay by painting the same view outside yes. my window yeah uh twice a day 
28 yeah. times um, and used a variety of, of different styles but tending to use the materials of chalk, ink paint, small tubes of acrylic, whatever I had with me. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you look at that collection, and, and then we, 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 we sold uh, prints and, and, and the funds went to the, the, the charity. So that yeah. kind of kept me... Uh, that project kept me sane and yes. kept me out of my wife's yeah. hair yeah. <laughs> um, and kept her sane. Yeah. Um, but if you look at that work, you can almost yeah. see the, the yes. good days and the yeah, bad days <laughs> yes, in, you can. In, in the art itself, Yeah, you really you know? can. Yeah, and I think that in itself is, is attractive to certain people. I would be drawn to the good days. Perhaps I'm a positive person. The, the greens and the blues and stuff. The other thing that struck me while you were doing it, I was thinking... Thank God he, he was, you know, because you had that great view, that vista out of your window, which was Just effectively greenery, Hong, Kong, Hong Kong greenery. hillside, yeah. yeah. It was very therapeutic. Whereas yeah. if you were overlooking a Kazi block, yeah, um, would have been some different art coming out of you, perhaps. It would have been very different. <laughs> it would have been very different. I so think. Very but, fortunate. Well, Max, you know, uh, my wife had, had, had really fought hard for us to get a green view, and I think it was very important to just yes. have nature and movement um, you know, yeah. wind blowing and, and, and everything else. Um, and rather be staring at that than the other side of the hotel, which, as you say, we, we uh, unless we were on the top floor, hot, yeah. I think all we would have looked at is a block of windows. Another block, yeah. yeah. Which, which yeah. would have been, A, less inspiring from an art perspective and yeah. B, pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, exactly, yeah, for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so... We're coming up to your final show. Well, let's let's not say it's your final show in Hong Kong. It won't be my final show. It won't be. I I really hope it won't be. But it will be my farewell show. Yeah. So to qualify that, we 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 have decided to pull up stumps after forty three years on and off. I think we were probably always going to leave at some point in the future. Yeah. but, But what has happened? Uh, over the last two years with COVID has, has messed a lot of people's lives up um, and, and particularly in Hong Kong with what we've all had to deal with and I'm sure Hong Kong will bounce back in many ways but for us just having not seen my daughter for 16, 17 months now yeah, it, it, our life's just not become it's become unworkable Yeah, so it's kind of accelerated a decision to leave Yeah, but the plan is to come back and exhibit in the yeah. future yeah. Um, yeah. at various group shows etc but yes I'm I'm planning to have a farewell uh, retrospective really so, yeah. so it's all of my work all the collections we've touched on and, ah, and, and you'd see on my website good. it's it's work from a lot of those collections yeah. all in one place yeah um, and that will be well it was going to be March but I postponed it because uh, our, our fearless leader said we'd all have universal testing in March. So I thought, well, that's not a good idea. Yes, so I put yes. it back to April. Yeah. Who yeah. knows what will happen what, in April? Yeah, what nice surprises <laughs> we've got left for us um, then. Yeah. But the dates are, if I can give it a plug, it's, yes. it's going to be in a, a retail space, ground floor, uh, a space called Home Kong, which uh, I think is, is, is a nice little touch. It's yeah. a shop space called Home Kong. And that is 90 to 92 Hollywood Road. Okay. And the dates are from the 8th to the 14th of April. So okay. it'll be open as a retail space. There won't be a launch event because oh, right. we, we can't because okay. of social distancing, etc. Yeah. So it'll just be come along any one of those yeah. seven days, hopefully, and, and, yeah. and you'll see a, a good collection of Hong Kong-inspired work from the last 20-plus years. Wow. Yeah. Have you got a decent enough space there for, to, to do that, do you think? It's it's what they call a pop-up space, but it's a nice nice little box yeah. um, uh, with very high ceilings. So I will curate it as best I can to get as yeah. much stuff in there as possible without, uh, without it feeling too overwhelming. Yeah. That's the plan anyway. And people can go there um, during that week. They can buy, buy the paintings. All the work will be for sale. All the work will be, be for sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay and then beyond that is there a catalogue of work behind that that if if things go well that, that people can draw on well uh, yeah should my, they people be looking at your website i think my website is kind of the engine room of of, of what i do when yes. i'm not exhibiting yeah um, that's where i'd always send people to they can connect with me via my website um they can see all the different collections I, I created over the years, um, yeah. a lot of which 
a lot of the work on there has been sold and doesn't exist or I don't own anymore. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, is still available. So, yeah, so the website is fairly simple, artbymartinlever.com. Yeah. Um, and I will uh, probably next week start promoting uh, the details of the, yeah. uh, of the upcoming show uh, in okay. April. Yeah. Excellent. All right, and after this podcast, we'll put your website on the on the YouTube links and everything. That's very and, kind. Um, yeah, I for one will definitely be down there um, looking for anything under two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll come back with a little postage stamp. <laughs> well, there's there's, there's going to be a blanket discount for anyone from Lantau who comes along. You can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm looking forward to seeing it. Actually, I, I think. To be able to see an artist's body of work, as you say, a, a cross-section of your work from the last, what, 20 years? Well, yeah, I think that the earliest pieces would have been done 20, 20, over 20 years ago, Some one or two of them. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's quite a retrospective. I mean, I'm calling the show 22 Million Minutes because ah. um, that's how long nice. I've been in Hong Kong. So, right, okay. Uh, unless I've done my sums horribly wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm not great at math. Just lie about it. It yeah. doesn't matter, is it? 22 million minutes. <laughs> so it sounds brilliant. Seven, I love that. 79 to 2022. Is that where we are? Yeah, yeah, 22. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's roughly 22, 22 that's million excellent. minutes. Okay. What a great idea. Brilliant. All right. Uh, so all that remains for me to say is Martin Lever. Thanks very much for coming today. Gary, it's been my honour and my privilege. Thank you, sir. You can listen to all our Vibrations podcasts published on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, TuneIn and Alexa, Stitcher, Listen Notes, Player FM, SoundCloud, and I don't think there's any others. Or you can watch on our YouTube channel under Live at Vibe HK, or follow the links from my website at vibehk.com. The opening and closing music from Celestial is called Green Island Dub and is on the Retrospect vinyl album On Sale at Vibe. And finally, a reminder that Vibe is open seven days a week every day of the year from 12 noon until 6.30pm. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to the 40th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath. Afraid it would disappear before they could touch it.